0: Let's take off, baby, let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine.
1: This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. One of America's leading air shows returns to Ypsilanti next month. It's the Thunder Over Michigan Air Show. There's something special about gliding along the surface of water in a kayak, and the UP's Les Island area is one of the most pristine and beautiful areas for the experience. Brisket and chicken perfected by the nation's best grill masters, and great music will be on the menu at the Ribs and R&B Music Festival in Detroit. And they are Michigan's castles. We have more of them than any other state, and they have welcomed and protected sailors for generations. We recognize the role they play during Michigan Lighthouse Day. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at Michigan.org.
0: Let's go traveling.
1: Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan and boy do we have a show for you today as we explore the great state of Michigan both in our natural areas and some of our big cities as well. So I hope you can stick around for the entire hour. Let's not waste any time here and we're going to head up to the upper peninsula to the cute little town of Hessel. Have you ever been to Hessel? What a great little town and in that entire area the Les Cheneaux area is really special and i think one of the best ways to experience it is on the water to tell us how you can do that sue Bakula is with us today she is with woods and waters in hessel sue thanks for joining us
2: wonderful to be here
1: you know i have been uh, up in your area many times i was just talking to some friends the other day and suggesting that if you want to go to a place to kayak This is the place to go to, not only because I recommended Woods and Waters as the outfitter, because you guys do a great job, but it's such a beautiful area. I'm really happy you're doing what you're doing.
2: I am too. We love bringing people on the water.
1: Well, it's it's a unique area. Tell us about the Lake Cheneaux area.
2: Uh, So it is a series of islands. So it's kind of protected waters in the northern part of Lake Huron in the eastern upper peninsula, about 30 minutes from the Straits.
1: When the uh, glaciers last passed us by, they uh, blessed the Lakeview area with this archipelago of islands—thirty-six islands or so—and the uh, kind of the northern tip of Lake Huron. And and the little town you have is just—it's one of those quintessential little northern Michigan towns that I think everybody needs to experience.
2: It is. Um, it's just a year-round community that does grow bigger, you know, in the summertime. Um, but it has everything that you really can need to to vacation up in Michigan.
1: Yeah, when you cross the bridge, uh, assuming you're coming from the Lower Peninsula, uh, just you know head across the Mackinac Bridge and then follow the signs to Drummond Island. You're gonna you're gonna get to Hessel along the way. Make sure, sure. to stop at Woods and Waters. What are the what are the experiences that you offer?
2: Um, we do a lot of different things. Um, we like to call our tours Little Dippers and Bigger Dippers or Perfect mm-hmm. Days uh, because really we take people out for about two hours on the water or four hours on the water or a custom to you tailored, you know, perfect day on the water with a catered chef crafted lunch. Um, so we love to do that. We also do sunset tours, we do sunrise tours, um, we even do an overnight where we go camping on Government Island, which is part of the Hiawatha National Forest, um which happens to be part of the Lano Islands.
1: Well, it's a really beautiful and serene area most of the time, but you can get some you know kind of quick moving storms and those swells can pop up out of nowhere. and and that's why I always recommend going out with a professional outfitter because you you really provide experiences for experienced people and those who are unexperienced,
2: right? Correct. Yeah, we every day have people that call us or stop by the shop and say, we've never kayaked before. Am I going to be able to do this? And we are pleasantly um, always able to to tell them that, yes, indeed, that pretty much anyone can go kayaking. And we like to start every tour with a brief instruction. And then while we're on the water, we kind of help people, you know, continue to improve their stroke and gain in confidence. And even if you are a more experienced paddler, You know, we can also give those opportunities to people who are looking to, you know, learn more or improve their strokes or even going out in what we call bumpier water.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot of fun, actually, uh, when when you're used to it. It's a lot of fun. Um, And when you when you come to Woods and Waters, let's say you've never kayaked before. um, What are the things you should bring with you? And then what are the things that you provide for the kayaking, uh, the group outing?
2: So the first thing we ask people to bring is a sense of adventure, a little bit of curiosity about trying maybe something new. Um, And then more practically, we ask that they bring a water bottle, sunscreen, a hat, um, sometimes just a layer of something to put on if it's a little bit, you know, either too hot or too cold, um, whether it's for sun protection. Um, And then shoes that they can get wet. Um, we can't promise dry feet.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Well, you know those water shoes really work well in a in a kayak. And and to explain that, your your sea kayaks don't they have like um, foot pedals so you can better manage the direction of the kayak?
2: Um, yes, um, some of our boats are tandem sea kayaks, which that means takes two people, and those boats have rudders. And those rudders have foot pedals that actually push and pull, depending on if you're trying to go right or you're trying to go to the left. And then our solo sea kayaks, though, they have what's called a skeg, um, which is like a little fin that drops down um, behind the boat. that can help with people if it's windy or um, kind of going a little bit straight, because some people, when they're just learning, that can be a little bit challenging to get their boat to go in the straight direction. Um, but those boats have stationary foot pegs, but they do give you a place to, to rest your feet as well as then improve the control um, of the boat. We want a kayak to actually fit like a good pair of uh, running shoes, and we don't want it to be loose and sloppy. So yeah. those foot pegs help create that you know point of contact between you and your boat.
1: Now, Sue, you offer like paddle boards and canoes, I think. Do you also you mm-hmm. know rent bikes?
2: Ah yes, so we um, we rent canoes, stand-up boards, um, bicycles, uh, both fat tire um, mountain bike and gravel bikes. So we have those for rent, and sit-on-top kayaks. Um, some of them that can be used for fishing. And uh, so kind of a wide, you know, variety with that. And I guess one thing I did forget to mention uh, with regards to tours, um, back to that is we can customize tours, whether that's by the time, the number of group, um, as well as different, you know, types of events. And like we are doing star lore paddles and also full moon paddles. So really, we love to adapt anything we do, whether it's a rental or a tour, to what people are looking to do in our area.
1: The website is woodsandwaters.eco and our thanks to Sue Bacala from Woods and Waters Adventures for being with us today. We're going to now head to the big city of Detroit for a big festival here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. There's something always going on in our biggest city of Detroit. It's it's really an exciting place. So many things happening in Detroit all the time. I just love it. And uh, every so often, uh, I don't know how I I miss some of these festivals, but. Uh, you just can't get to everything. But I I tell you, I want to get to this next festival. It it sounds that great. It is called the Ribs and R&B Music Festival. It's been around under a different name before, but it just looks fantastic. Let's learn about it today by bringing in Johnny Washington. He is the CEO of Washington Entertainment Media. And Johnny, uh, you know, I was talking to you before we went on the air that Mm -hmm. Ribs and R&B Music Festival, I hadn't heard that name before, but you changed the name recently, right?
0: yeah well not recently it it started out as the ribs and soul festival. and and then as the brand started expanding and um we kind of made some adjustments to be more of a an attract- you know attraction for uh, a national audience uh kind of made some adjustments and tweaked the name a little bit from ribs and soul to ribs r and b music festival uh and so you know it's uh it'll forever be to some. And uh, so we're excited, man, that people still uh, enjoy the brand and come out and, and, and travel in from all over the United States to see us.
1: Well, it just sounds great. Uh, you know, anytime you you mix really great food with really great music, you're going to have a, a great audience that's going to want to come back yeah. over and over. And I was just looking at your list here. You have some great entertainers lined up.
0: Yes, we do this year. It's going to be very exciting, man. Um you know, did you see where we have the uh, the legendary Shantae Moore? I did. Uh, Grammy-nominated group,
1: also Brownstone. Yes.
0: Brownstone on Sunday. So Shantae is going to headline the festival on Saturday. Uh, other acts, we have two stages going. Uh, then on Sunday, Brownstone will headline the main stage, and on Friday night, it's going to end up being a real special moment. We have Rob Bass coming in mm-hmm. to be part of the celebration of uh, hip-hop turning 50. And uh, if you do a little research, if you don't know about Rob Bass, he's one of the biggest work, uh in hip-hop. So uh, it's just going to be a great time to have all, all weekend
1: long. It sounds like it's going to be really cool. And, and you have a you know, variety of R&B, not just kind of traditional, but as you say, you know hip-hop as well. And how many, how many groups do you actually have performing this year?
0: Stage is a goal for 30 acts, man. Uh, one of the things that we introduced uh, to the festival as a new attraction about five years ago was uh, the gospel, jazz, and soul explosion. That has just taken off to new heights, man. We have some of the premier gospel entertainment, R&B, and jazz artists coming in for the second stage. Uh, we have a DJ lounge with Detroit's top DJs, uh, as, as well as the main stage. But the star of the weekend, 3B, uh, the best grill masters and food vendors that are coming in and from all over the United States.
1: Yeah, I was just yeah, gonna, absolutely. yeah, I was just yeah. gonna say, Johnny, that you know this this whole thing is happening July. I'm sorry, August 11th yes. through 13th, and and as you say, you have all these grill masters coming in from everywhere. Of course, mm-hmm. it is the ribs and R&B music festival, so you're going to have yes. ribs. What else are they going to be grilling up?
0: Well, we're going to from uh, barbecue ribs to to vegan. You know, the palate out here is changing. People love their barbecue, but. You know, are uh, uh, loving the new vegan? We, we've got things from the lab grilled lamb chops to uh, fish, shrimp. So you name it. a and, and that weekend, and you kind of get to chase some things that's made on the spot, made you at that time. So um, you know that's that's going to be one of the main main attractions. People come out early, get their food, and you know the beautiful riverfront. There's so many things to do when you're actually there uh we super excited and there's give me an idea uh right now 90% of the food vendors that were with us last year are already back we're already sold out of uh food outlets so um that goes to show you that you know it's anticipated
1: you know it it occurs to me I didn't even say where this is going to be is this at Hart Plaza
0: Yes, it is in downtown Detroit. Yeah, it's the best. Art Plaza on the beautiful riverfront. Uh, so, if you know the venue, uh, you know how exciting that is. If you haven't seen the venue, come on down because our uh, Plaza, the city of Detroit, has put some extensive uh, renovations in place so uh, it look better. Uh, new monument uh, and salute to Martin Luther King has been put in place. So, you know, we've got some attractions down there.
1: Well, over two days, you're having, you know, more than 30 acts in addition to all this great food being grilled up. So you have multiple stages. And I know Hart Plaza's big, but how do you do that? Do you kind of set them at different corners?
0: Yes, yes. The, uh, it's three days. It kicks off uh, Friday 11th uh, through the 13. But, yeah, it's a large, large area. So really back by the waterfront, we'll put the second stage up. Uh, in the, um up top in the left corner is the DJ lounge. When you come in, there'll be a map letting you know where, you know, which way you may want to go, if you want Rivers Row, if you want the entertainment. So there'll be guys uh, there to help and assist the attendees. One of the good things about it, you know, we, we're going to remain – a family-oriented event, so kids will be free under 12 uh, all of the day. So we've got it really convenient for the families in mind.
1: Now, did I see something about your offering, you know, some of the the festival is going to be uh, open for free?
0: Yes, yes. You know, just keeping in, uh, in uh, it's going to be to the public until 3 p.m., on Saturday and Sunday, it's free to the public until 1 p.m., and it's only $15 after. So, um, you know, the best date night, best family outing you're going to find in the city that weekend. Uh, and we're just so excited to present uh, this, this major event to the city and to the, uh, you know, to the nation.
1: Well, at $15, it's practically free anyway, Johnny. So, you know, you guys are doing a great job to keep it affordable. It's, it's tough these days things cost so much. And if you want great entertainment, you know, it's kind of tough. Well,
0: you know, it says we're, you know, we are hoping that the city of Detroit and our, our fans and attendees grow with us because like you said, um, I, we're, Uh, This could be the last year for $15, but we're just trying to keep it as affordable as we can. But if I tell you inflation and labor costs for everything that's involved, putting this on, it's all increased. So, um, you know, we're just going to stay focused and deliver the best entertainment and music festival we can. And I think when we make the adjustments to stay on top, I think our attendees will, you know, stay uh, very supportive.
1: Well, it's a, it's a huge event, and I uh, can't wait for it. August 11th through 13th, three days, I said two, three days of entertainment. The Ribs and R&B Music Festival uh, with all that grill uh, Grillmaster um, food that's going to be available with all that entertainment as well. It's all at Hart Plaza in downtown Detroit. If you want more information and to learn how you can maybe even get VIP tickets, maybe reserve seating in advance, uh, go to this website, ribsrnbmusicfestival.com. That's ribsrnbmusicfestival.com for more information. And our thanks to Johnny Washington for being with us today. I don't know if you've heard, but uh, Pure Michigan is working with McDonald's and the Coca-Cola brand of uh, products to uh, bring you the pure Michigan mix it's available at uh, participating McDonald's all around Michigan when you go there uh, make sure to pick up the pure Michigan mix it's only two dollars for any size it's a frozen beverage with uh, blue raspberry uh, Fanta and a lemonade sprite combination and uh, once you pick up this product First off, really refreshing, really great tasting too. But scan the QR code because you have a chance to win some really great prizes. Concert tickets to various concerts, maybe tickets to uh, some other, you know, big events around the state. And you can even get passes to Michigan's Adventure over in the Muskegon area. Some really cool opportunities. We're so proud to work with McDonald's and the Coca-Cola family of brands, Sprite and Fanta. Uh, to try to bring you these uh, really great values. So check it out when you can. We're going to be heading over to learn about the Thunder Over Michigan Air Show next on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. And uh, boy, this is that time of the year that everybody likes to get out to big festivals and events. And I've already been to one air show this year. I tried to get to another. I just couldn't. There's another big one coming up very soon. In fact, it's one of the biggest and uh, most, uh, I guess, most um, well-known in the country. It is called the Thunder Over Michigan Air Show. It's in Ypsilanti in just a couple of weeks, and to tell us all about it, let's bring in Kevin Walsh. Kevin is the executive director of Thunder Over Michigan Airshow. Kevin, thanks for joining us today.
3: Thank you. Pleasure to be here.
1: Well, this is, this is really, uh, I keep on being told by all my friends who have been there, they say this is a tremendous air show. I need to find a way to get there, and everybody else does too. Give us a little background of Thunder Over Michigan's air show.
3: Yeah, well, Thunder Over Michigan actually started in 1999, so we're celebrating 25 years of this state's marquee annual aviation event. So super proud. It's put on by the Yankee Air Museum. Uh, of course, been around 42 years as a nonprofit uh, in, the, in the great state of Michigan. And this is our marquee event and the, the state's uh, big annual uh, aviation celebration.
1: It sounds like it's a great event. And it's not just a one day show either. You know, a lot of the the air shows are, are one day, but yours is August 12th and 13th. Do they do the same show both days?
3: Yeah, so we actually um, have four shows, four incredible shows in two days. Um, So we're even more different than the standard air show format in that we have a morning show on Saturday, an afternoon show on Saturday, and then a morning show on Sunday, then an afternoon show on on Sunday. Um, So we're consistently... you know, changing the format to better adapt to, uh, you know, our our guests and and the, uh, young families and. People wishing to, to come out and enjoy it, but not be this all day grind. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, we're very, very sensitive to, you know, our customers and what they'd like. And, um, this is one of the format changes that we've done over the last few years and it's just been, uh, received so, so well. Um, so the morning shows, uh, to get back to your original question, the morning shows are the same each day and the afternoon shows are the same each day. And we encourage, uh, guests and customers to either pick their favorite based on the lineup for each day or um, or stay the whole day and buy a ticket for each uh, each show. You
1: know, if the standard format for an air show is they, you know, bring out the small planes, the the Acrobat, you know, planes, some of the, you know, helicopters, things like that, and then bring out the big jets and stuff later on. So how are these shows different uh, each day?
3: Well, the theme of the show uh, varies uh, for each of the shows each day. Um, in the morning this year, it's more centric to the modern military aircraft. Uh, it will feature the F-22 Rafter demonstration, uh, one of the most feared fighters in the world um, today. Uh, this is uh, just an unbelievable eye-watering demonstration by you know, our, our United States Air Force. Uh, United States Air Force F-15 Strike Eagles, the the big KC-135 air refueling tanker. Uh, that's sort of the flavor of the the morning shows. Is that is is seeing and showcasing the uh, the modern military aircraft in the afternoon. For those that love the vintage aircraft, it's very focused on uh, World War II, um, and particularly some of the most famous fighters of World War II are all going to be performing in the afternoon show. And if you like it all and you can grab a ticket for each of the shows.
1: Yeah, uh, well, you know, the, uh, the day can get long out in the sun watching those planes go around. So <laughs> I, I really like your format uh, where you can either pick or choose or stay the whole day, like you say. What are the costs to attend the show?
3: So the uh, so everything is done by a carload now. Um, so we encourage people to bring friends, family, uh, neighbors, friends, uh, contractors, whoever you want to put in your car, uh, bring them out. Um, It starts as inexpensive as $99 a car. So uh, a car of four people, it's uh, 25 bucks a person. Uh, And then uh, depending on what show you want to come to, uh, it can go up to $179. Uh, We've always had graduated pricing. So the earlier you buy, um, obviously the cheaper the ticket is. So we encourage people to get their tickets early, We also, uh, the last two years, they have had a sellout of all four of our shows. Wow. We're anticipating that now we are uh, fast-reaching 50% capacity for both of the Saturday shows. If you're thinking about coming, it's a a good time to buy. And like I said, there's some very inexpensive options for for families to grab a a car pass. And everything is super convenient. Uh, We park the cars on the airfield. So that you don't have a six-mile walk from a a remote field, um, you know, dragging all your gear and everything. Um, We have redesigned the show site so that there's convenient on-airport right on the actual airfield parking um, for all attendees uh, to enjoy that, that convenience of watching the show from your car, from the static display area, um, whatever you'd like to do.
1: Well, let's give that uh, website so people can get those tickets in advance. And, and we'll we'll drop this a little bit later on as well. So if you miss it now, don't worry. We'll, we'll mention it. It, it is yankeeairmuseum.org forward slash air show. And uh, you'll, you'll get to where you can purchase those tickets. And as Kevin says, you, you don't want to put it off. You better get those tickets now. Uh, Kevin, where do these planes and pilots come from? Are they mostly from Michigan and the Midwest, or do they come from everywhere?
3: They are coming from all over the United States, uh, and even Canada. I just, uh just this morning, um, actually got a, uh, a quick email from the Royal Canadian Air Force that they're sending a fighter jet uh, from Quebec uh, up in uh, 425 Squadron in Bagotville, um, bringing one of their fighter jets. Uh, but we, we have aircraft coming from the Oregon region, California, Texas, mm. Florida, uh, you, you name it. Uh, we're touching all corners of the United States. And uh, right now, we even have a United States air-refueling tanker coming all the way from RAF, Royal Air Force, Milton Hall in the United Kingdom to come oh. over to the show. Um, oh. Our show is is known not only throughout Michigan and the United States, but is, is really made its mark uh, around the world as being a, a premier event. Um, and uh, we're, we're really honored when we see other countries and, uh, you know, obviously people traveling great distances to come uh, to the show and participate in the show. Um, a, a lot of times, too, we get to see um, someone bringing an aircraft from California, but their home is uh, Michigan. They grew up in Michigan, hmm. and it's their opportunity to come back home and showcase what they've been doing uh, for our nation, what they've been doing in their lives. Um, so some real special human interest stories. And, and that's, that's one of the things that we, we enjoy so much is the fact that we provide that conduit. For the general public to talk to uh, people who maintain, who fly these airplanes, um, both in the vintage realm uh, that are maintaining history and flying history, mm-hmm. or maintaining and flying our you know our current military um, armada, uh, th- that that is that is the only time that we really get to actually walk up touch the aircraft, meet the pilots, meet the maintainers, um, and, uh, and get that interaction.
1: Oh, that's just fantastic. Now, you mentioned that it's a good show for families. Um, do you have, you know, any special activities or um, venues uh, specifically for the kids? Are there any um, activities or things to see actually on the ground? Or is everything up in the air?
3: no I know there's lots going on on the ground and we encourage uh, we encourage guests to come early uh, to the show to not only engage with the aircraft and so a lot of the aircraft are open for tours. The kids can get inside. Um, but also we, we have food trucks. We have monster truck rides. We have helicopter rides. Um, a Kid zone. Um, lots of things for the kids to be entertained. The static display time is only about uh, two to three hours. And then it's a two-hour air show and and the event is done. So, again, it's not a long, drawn-out uh, excursions. So if you've got young children, it is the perfect time, it's the perfect opportunity, it's the perfect length of time, especially with the littles, um, that uh, they can really enjoy a great time at the airport, and then you're on to do something else for the rest of the day, or maybe take them home and get their naps.
1: Well, Kevin, you can tell why this is such a great show. Um, you've really set this up well, you and your team. It's the Thunder Over Michigan Air Show. It's coming up August 12th and 13th at the home of the Yankee Air Museum in Ypsilanti. If you'd like more information on getting tickets and to find out how that, uh, you know, two shows a day format works, just go to the the website. Uh, You'll find a whole bunch of really good info. It is yankeeairmuseum.org forward slash air show. Uh, make sure to do it now because those tickets, as Kevin said, are going to run out quickly. Our thanks to Kevin Walsh, Executive Director of Thunder Over Michigan Airshow, for being with us today. You know, we're also really proud of our lighthouses. They mean a lot to a lot of us. And we're going to have Michigan Lighthouse Day come up pretty soon. We'll tell you all about that next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. One of the things that I think uh, we're all proud about is our lighthouses. We have more lighthouses in Michigan than any other state in the country. Uh, well, of course, when you're in the middle of the Great Lakes, that's that's no big surprise. You know, we touch on four of the five Great Lakes. And, um, and of course, the Great Lakes still today are such an important uh, venue for transporting goods. And for many years, they were kind of the, you know, the highway of the region for transportation. Uh, So lighthouses have always been important to us. Today we go there because we just think they're beautiful, but some of them are still active lighthouses, still aids to navigation. And there's a big day coming up pretty soon. We're going to learn about Michigan's Lighthouse Day on August 7th by bringing in Nathan Niedering. He is the project coordinator for the Michigan State Historic Preservation Office. Nathan, thanks for being here.
4: Hello, Dave. Nice to chat with you today.
1: Yeah, same here. And, you know, so the big day for National Lighthouse Day is August 7th, uh, celebration around the country. And we do our celebration here as well. Um, uh, any idea how, how long lighthouses have been around in Michigan?
4: Well, the oldest lighthouse that is standing today um, is coming up on its 200th birthday. Wow. Uh, It's the Fort, Fort Gratiot Lighthouse that's in Port Huron, almost right under the Blue Water Bridge. And um, it was first lit in uh, 1829. Um, They did some modernizations and expansions in the 1850s and a little after. But the first time a lamp was lit to help guide ships to the St. Clair River was 1829. So they have a big anniversary coming up in a few years.
1: Well, and I knew that was the first lighthouse, the oldest we have at least. I didn't know it was that old, though. You know, the, the design really hasn't changed that much over the years. So you can't really tell by looking at the designs.
4: No, that's true. Um, you know, it is a circular or a conical-shaped lighthouse. The, the tower is. It's got an attached um, keeper's dwelling where the lighthouse um, tender and his family would live. Um, and, uh, you know, you could go to many other lighthouses across Michigan, around the Great Lakes and beyond that really don't look all that different. They kind of figured it out right up front and kept doing what they knew worked.
1: Well, what's neat about that light is that I know you can get up into it and climb all the way up to the top occasionally with the uh, the history center folks there. Uh, I think you might have to schedule it, but but it's but it's possible. And there are still several lights that you can get up into around Michigan, correct?
4: Yes, this is correct, um, and it's a wide assortment of. You know, some are open every day all summer long. Some are part of state or local parks. So they have specific hours as well. Others are actually only open one day a year. They just do tours on, on one day. Um, and some, of course, are still aids to navigation or are in such remote places that um, you cannot actually visit the inside.
1: Well, it seems like, if I remember right, the Coast Guard manages Lighthouse program around the country. And years ago they uh, wanted to kind of jettison some of the 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 cost and management of lighthouses so some of our lighthouses in Michigan are even privately owned.
4: This is correct yes Um, starting in the 1990s and really before that I mean as new technology especially um, GPS and things like that um, came along for for shipping and navigation the need for lighthouses to be flashing beacons wasn't so necessary anymore some in some places they were but not everywhere and so they were pretty much all owned by the federal government by the coast guard and they actually passed a special act um, i believe it was in 1999 or 2000 and that sort of set the framework whereby the federal government could um be a either by giving it to a responsible party uh, like a local government or a nonprofit, or by selling a lighthouse to a private person um the, as a way to no longer be responsible for the building and its upkeep, um, but then in places where there was a lighthouse beacon that still needed to flash for mariners, the Coast Guard retains the right to come in and repair or replace that beacon at any time, just so that if you're lost, uh, you know, in the lake or in a river, you can still um, find your way.
1: Well, with over 120 lighthouses in Michigan, I'm sure everybody has their favorites. I have some favorites. Um, uh, Any that uh, you want to mention as some of your favorites as well?
4: Sure. So um, in my professional capacity, I don't know that I'm allowed to have a favorite. Yeah, I I, I understand. (laughs) I have good memories at many different lighthouses that would stretch from Whitefish Point and the Shipwreck Museum and the UP, um, I'm a big fan. We have a place not too far from Ludington up north as so the Big Sable Point or the Pierhead Light in Ludington, but I think one of my sort of lesser-known hidden gem favorites is actually the William Livingstone Lighthouse. That's in the city of Detroit. Um, a lot of people might not know that there, you know, not every lighthouse is in a far away remote destination up north. There are actually several lighthouses that are located in the southern part, both along um, Lake Michigan and um, along the St. Clair and the Detroit Rivers. Um, and the Livingstone Lighthouse is very unique. It is at the eastern tip of Belle Isle. So if you go and visit Belle Isle State Park, you drive all the way around the Ring Road. Um, when you get to the farthest point away from downtown, it's in the distance, so you have to walk a little ways, but it's a, it's a gravel trail. It's pretty easy. And the William Livingstone Lighthouse is the only lighthouse decorated in the Art Deco style by an architect with a sculptor's involvement. So you can't go inside, but the best time to visit the outside is in the early afternoon because the sun really illuminates all the decorative stone carvings on the outside of that lighthouse. You know, And it still flashes to help ships find the way, their way to the Detroit River.
1: So interesting. I knew there was a lighthouse there, but I've never really paid much attention to it. I'll I'll check that out. Uh, looking forward to that. And, and I know a lot of people, you know, obviously they have, you know, their favorites. Uh, I would agree with you on, on your picks. Uh, I'd include uh, Big Red in Holland but when you start to go through that list it's it's pretty amazing because you have some you know uniquely designed lighthouses you have some lighthouses that are now like bed and breakfast or museums they're all different and and i love the fact that many of them kind of reflect the local community's uh, architectural designs like big red for instance
4: Yes, absolutely. I think another one that's really an interesting sort of architectural landmark is the old Mackinac Point Lighthouse Mm. that is like practically in the shadow of the Mackinac Bridge. If you're driving, you almost won't even see it, but it's almost decorated on the outside like a brick and stone fortress, Yeah, Um, you know, because it's from a time long before the bridge. And it was sort of perched at the end of the point there and had to deal with whatever weather came along.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and what other uh, other things that were happening, uh, speaking of fortresses. So that's right. And, you know, I think the best... Pictures you get of Mackinac Bridge are from just behind that lighthouse, and you get the lighthouse you know, on the foreground and then the, the bridge in the background looking north. It's pretty I'm cool. i definitely
4: inclined to agree with you on that. Well,
1: and I know a lot of people might be interested as we as we come up to Lighthouse Day on August 7th. Um, they might be interested in helping to preserve lighthouses. And there's a website, michigan.gov forward slash saveourlights. Can we uh, donate there, or are there other ways we can help?
4: Sure. So the state of Michigan um, in the early 2000s, when we knew all of these federally owned lighthouses were going to be um, sort of disposed of, and we were trying to help new people who were responsible for lighthouses take care of them, um, the state of Michigan developed the Save Our Lights program. Um, It is funded by a specialty license plate. So when you renew your tags or when you get a new tab with the um, Secretary of State's office, you can select to pay just a little bit more to have a Save Our Lights specialty license plate. It's just the regular plate you put on your vehicle, but it has a little lighthouse insignia that's red and blue on it. And the extra money that you pay goes into our special lighthouse restoration fund. And then every year we can give out um, grants to help the um, stewards of historic lighthouses repair and maintain their facilities, many of which, as we've pointed out, are, you know, a hundred or more years old.
1: Well, it's, it's a pretty amazing thing. Over 120 lighthouses in Michigan. We can be very proud of that. And you can find, I think, information and images, I think, of all of them at michigan.org forward slash lighthouses. I invite you to go there. And then, of course, that other website, michigan.gov forward slash save our lights. Like to get that license plate. Our thanks to Nathan Niedering for being with us today from the Michigan State Historic Preservation Office. Look for that day, August seven, and celebrate at a lighthouse. That's all the time we have for Travel Michigan for this week. We'll talk to you next week on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling.